is a disaster, a podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hi. And you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday, our mini-episodes about disasters that usually aren't mini. Oh, but they are disasters. Yeah, <laughs> we're known for that. A bit of housekeeping before we dive right in. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new here, the best thing you can do for us is to subscribe wherever you listen, leave us a review, tell all of your friends about how great these disasters are. It's a bit of a callback, great disasters, because... It's That's a long the story. book. Yeah, we we we, origin, we started the podcast because there was this Reader's Digest book called Great Disasters that kind of inspired us, and now we've <laughs> now that spun off the rails. Been languishing yeah. in your bathroom, for exactly. A, probably we haven't it looked at it in a, while. a lot like farts. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, right. So I'm gonna dive right in, and this is gonna be another one where I'm gonna leave you in the dark for a little bit. Oh, pun intended. Oh, there's <laughs> darkness. So. Long story short, uh-huh. Alexander III of Macedon, a.k.a. Alexander the Great, made it to Egypt in 332 BC, where he was graded as a liberator. <laughs> Long because... story short, that's what happened. <laughs> okay. So Egypt at the time was ruled by three Persian emperors, uh-huh. and the Persian rule was ended when Alexander the Great defeated the Achaemenid Empire. When is this, sorry? This was 332 BC. Okay, gotcha. So about 100 years after the Plague of Athens. There you go. For our very first episode we did. Always a callback. Yeah. So upon arrival in northern Egypt, mm-hmm. he founded the city of Alexandria. Aha. Uh-huh. Incidentally, and Alexandria is also on an isthmus. Oh. We learned that word last episode. That's a hard word to say for some people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's... Ith- I can't do it! Isthma, isthmus. Isthmus. It's because you don't see the TH next to S so often. Right. Isthmus. Yeah, it throws me off. And we're also getting cr- close to Christmas. I love Christmas. Which season. is how I'm going to be saying it from now on. Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Did you throw a TH in there? No. Nah. Well, anyway, an isthmus is a stretch of land connecting two pieces of land. Yes. As sir. you explained in our Roanoke I episode. I know all too well. Yeah. Yep. Although if you look at a map of Al- where Alexandra is sitting, I feel like this kind of stretches the definition because it is like long, but there, it doesn't, anyway, look at a map. Okay. Opposite the isthmus of Alexandria is a small island called Pharos. When they established Alexandria, they also established a great harbor. And we've touched on this before, but travel by sea was far from a cakewalk in ancient times. Sure. So they needed a beacon to light the way for mariners to look for port. Right. So King Ptolemy, who took over after Alexander the Great died, commissioned a great lighthouse to be built on the island of Pharos. Okay. And it took about 12 years to complete and ended up standing about 120 meters tall or 390 feet. For context, the Empire State Building was 381 meters, if you remember, yep. or 443 with the spire, and it took 13 months to complete, uh-huh. which is about 34 meters per month. Yeah. This is in our second episode, the Bomber Blitz. That's right. Check that one out. The Lighthouse of Alexandria was built at a pace of roughly 10 meters a year, or 0.8 meters a month. By Ooh. ancient standards, I'm going to sure. say that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're lugging without, rocks, I guess. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> literally no... throwing slaves at this thing. <laughs> that's like, true. They're dead. Well, throw more slaves at it. Yeah, yeah, that's different different building standards. I yeah, guess. just a bit. So the Great Lighthouse of Alexandria stood for nearly two millennia until a series of earthquakes between 796 AD and 1323 damaged and ultimately shook the lighthouse apart. Aww. And actually, interestingly, the 1303 earthquake had a Mercalli intensity index. You remember that oh, from it, the Latuya well, Bay mega tsunami tragedy Tuesday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Making a lot of callbacks. <laughs> I didn't mention this at the beginning, but we referenced previous episodes a lot. It's like a clip show, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, you don't need to... 
check them out, but you don't need that information, but it's just a neat sort of sidebar. So yeah. it, it had a Mercalli intensity index of eight or severe. It's a lot of shaking. That's the one in 1303. On. In Lutulia Bay, it was actually an 11 or extreme. So just for reference. It's up there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give you a brief history of lighthouses. In ancient times, before modern ports were a thing, before even the Great Harbor existed at Alexandria, seafarers basically relied on fires built on hilltops to let them know that they're near the land. Okay. The development of lighthouses was more or less stagnant until about the 18th century, when there was a huge boom in transatlantic commerce. Right. And obviously more ships meant they were encountering more hazards, mm -hmm. more cargo and lives were being lost. So they needed a way to actually see land. They sure. kept running into it, right? They kept banging their boats into it. Exactly. So what better way to avoid obstacles than to build a big, bright, shiny tower on them? Mm -hmm. Which is where lighthouses came from. Yay. The actual light sources evolved over time. The lighthouse at Alexandria actually used a giant mirror to reflect the sun during the day. Okay. And then at night they used a fire. And fire ended up being the main source in lighthouses until in 1782, uh -huh. a Swiss scientist invented a smokeless lamp that burned oil much more efficiently than other oil lamps. If you're confused as to how this becomes a Tragedy Tuesday, don't worry, we're getting there. Does it revolve around this lighthouse in Alexandria or are we- No. Okay. That was just a bit of a history lesson. Oh, okay. Nice, yeah, nice. That was nice. a little teaser. Question. Yes. Did you recently see an amazing movie about a lighthouse? We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there very shortly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So the efficiency of the argon lamp, which is the name of that lamp invented in 1782, meant that the wick didn't need to be trimmed as often. And interesting, uh, like mini sidebar, men who tended lighthouses used to be called wickies because I a large part of their recently. duties was to trim the wick on the lighthouse lamp sure, to make sure, sure, sure that it kept burning. And I just, I just want to stop yeah. you once because I yeah. did think that you were going to concentrate on the Alexandria one. I okay. didn't want to like throw any spoilers in there, yeah. but was it not one of the seven wonders of the world? Indeed. I mm -hmm. thought so. Yeah. And it's also something that you can build in the game Civilization, which we've referenced a few times. Hey. It helps you boost your culture, probably. Sure it does. And stuff. Food production, I think, is another one. I just wanted to show you that I know things. Yeah. Continue. You do know things. Yep. Proud of you, babe. Mm. Babe. Did babe. I just say babe? I thought it was bud, but apparently bud, it was babe. Bud. I'm just going to I'm just gonna dub in bud. <laughs> nope. You Proud said you, babe. Bud. Proud of you, bub. Thanks, Proud babe. You, Thanks, I babe. just said babe again. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the Go truth on. comes out. <laughs> so the argon lamp produced light up to 10 candelas. An interesting other mini sidebar. Candelas. Right? Yeah. So a candela is the SI or International <laughs> System of Units unit of measurement for light intensity. Mm -hmm. And it, you've probably heard of lumens, uh, yeah. which is like, that's, if you look at LED bulbs, a lot of the times you'll get lumens. Yeah, yeah. Lumens are how much light is given off and candelas is how much light can be seen from the source. So it has kind of like a directional. Okay. It's a minor distinction that I spent way too much time on. Doesn't really. 30 candles. Yeah, basically. So one candela is about 13 lumens. A hundred watt light bulb is about 1600 lumens. So the argon lamp produced about 130 lumens. So less than a hundred watt light bulb. <laughs> Yeah. But it was still brighter than the other options. Best they had. And also, lighthouses were made even brighter through the development of optics to go along with the lamps. First, they'd have like a basic lens that would help focus the light. And eventually, they introduced the Fresnel lens, mm. which is that lens where, I mean, look it up because it's very hard to describe. But basically, it's a lens that redirects beams of light originating from a source at an angle into like one constant beam of light. Oh, okay. So if you picture the like the lines of light coming up and hitting the Fresnel lens, it'll yeah. then bend it to go straight out. And then they all come out as parallel lines. Clever. Yeah. Now we've got lighthouses and <sighs> lighthouses of the distant past. Let's mm. go to a lighthouse of... 
a little bit more recent past. Yes. While we're in the 18th century. So the Smalls are a group of rocks off the western coast of the UK, about 200 kilometers northwest from Tynmouth. Oh. It's another reference. It's literally a clip show. <laughs> Remember that. Dream sequence. Okay. I feel like we didn't do, we haven't done as many tie-ins as I like, so I thought I'd really throw them all in. Yeah. We're making up for lost tie-in. We're even for the Sorry. bank thing now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Tynmouth is where Donald Crowhurst took off from in his boat, the Tynmouth Electron. Sure was. We did a two-part episode on that, so check that mm -hmm. out. If you think you can sail around the world, That's a wild you ride. probably can't. Yeah. <laughs> so the Smalls were a big enough pain in the ass for sailors that in 1776, a lighthouse was built on them. Okay. Because I guess ships kept running aground. Mm. In 1777, the designer of the lighthouse visited just to take a look at how it was going. And he ended up being stranded on the rock for a month by bad weather. Oh, shoot. With dwindling supplies. And there's probably no foreshadowing there. <laughs> Completely Glad unrelated. Let's talk about the Thomases. Okay. In 1801, the Thomases arrived at the Smalls Lighthouse. Mm. Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffith. Both named Thomas. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> Not a last name, nope. as we were all thinking when nope. you said that. No, no, two Thomases. <laughs> two Thomases. Yep. The two Toms. The two Toms. <laughs> the Thomases were not friends, and they bickered <laughs> constantly. Which this has all the makings of a great sitcom. <laughs> it probably doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go, though. No. When you picture the Smalls Lighthouse, you're probably picturing like a lighthouse where they live next door, and it's like a little bit of an island, and yeah. it's kind of like the traditional setup. A little spit of land. Exact spit. Mm, Roanoke. That's my call. So, in this case, don't picture a cabin with like a lighthouse attached. Okay. This lighthouse was basically built on nine pillars that went into the water and there was like one cabin on top and a rope ladder that you'd use to get into it. Okay. So basically that's where you're going to live for the duration of manning this lighthouse. So to call it an island is It was basically built- Generous? Yeah. It's literally, they're a group of rocks, which okay. I guess maybe- With a structure- yeah. Rammed into it. Yeah. Okay. So it was a tiny cabin, no personal space, and they were in constant conflict. And the whole thing is being rocked by waves and wind. So kind of a nightmare scenario. Day two, there's a line drawn down the middle of the cabin. <laughs> the privy's on my side, Thomas. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> After arriving, yes. Thomas Griffith started getting sick. Howell tried his best to tend to him while mounting a distress signal because that's that was nice of him. all you can do. Yeah. And after a couple of weeks of suffering, Griffith died. Oh. So the logical thing to do would be to bury the body at sea because you're surrounded by water. Sure. Just chuck it in. Yep. But if you remember, Howell's animosity towards Griffith wasn't a secret and he was worried that if Relief finally showed up and found him by himself, they'd assume that he killed <laughs> Griffith. <laughs> yeah, so initially Howell kept Griffith's body inside the cabin with him, but it became an issue once the body started to decompose. Uh -huh. Got a bit of a sidebar here just to paint a little bit of a picture about okay. human body decomposition. Sure. 24 to 72 hours after death, your mm -hmm. internal organs start to decompose. Mm-hmm. Three to five days, your body starts to bloat, bloody foam leaks from your mouth and your nose. Mm. Eight to 10 days, the body turns from green to red as blood decomposes and organs in the abdomen accumulate gas. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks after you die, your nails and teeth fall out, 
And about a month after you die, your body begins to liquefy. So he has that Going inside on. the cabin with him. Nice. It's unclear at what point he decided that the cabin was no longer a viable storage <laughs> option for the body. You decide which one of these, are you okay with internal organs decomposing? Or are you going to wait until they start turning red because the blood's decomposing? Uh, I'm thinking maybe the gas. The gas? Once the gas starts so escaping. Eight to 10 days for you? Well... <laughs> <laughs> For me, <laughs> okay, I got to get in the mindset of Mr. Griffith here. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably eight to ten. Eight to ten. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think for me it would be about. At that point, what are you seconds? really going to prove? <laughs> he died on his own sea. Just this bloated <laughs> gas bag. Oh, like, uh, yeah, it's clear. <laughs> clear to me. I think realistically, for me, it would be uh, screaming instantly. And then, ew, 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 yeah, ew, yeah, and then ew, I would go outside. Splash. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would. Yeah. He lives there now. Yeah. <laughs> but so he was still not ready to throw the body into the water though, because he doesn't want to go, he, he doesn't want to go down for the murder of Griffith. No, heck no. Which he didn't do. Yeah. So luckily Howell was a woodworker in a previous profession. Uh, uh, so a timberman. Yeah. He was a timberman <laughs> and specifically he was a cooper. Which is a carpenter specializing in casks and barrels. Okay. So Howell tore boards from the cabin and built a coffin for Griffith's body. And he managed to not only build the coffin by himself, but he got Griffith into it, dragged it onto the exterior walkway, and then lashed it to the railing. Problem solved. It's great. Perfect. Out of the cabin. Corpse is outside. Half the cabin's gone, but... You yeah, know. well, <laughs> shoot, you know, you got to work with it, you in got. here now. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when the designer of the Smalls Lighthouse got stranded in it for a month because of the horrible weather? Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. So the brutal storm started whipping the lighthouse and they got worse and worse. <laughs> okay. So they were whipping the lighthouse and the coffin strapped to it and piece by piece, the coffin fell apart. <laughs> so luckily, question mark, Howell was a better knot tire than a coffin builder. So okay. eventually the coffin was completely destroyed <laughs> But Griffith's bony decomposing corpse stayed lashed to the railing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Things that get worse before they bodes get better. Bodes worse for him <laughs> than just putting it, like throwing him in the water. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that says, I did kill him. <laughs> Check it out. I tied him up I on this railing him until he died. railing like a trophy. Yeah. Not unlike Mad Max or something. So it gets worse. Okay. Oh, good. So as if seeing the corpse of your dead colleague just outside your window every single day wasn't bad enough. When the wind blew from a certain angle, it would lift the corpse's arms, making it look like he was <laughs> beckoning Howell to join him. Oh, the right? original weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Except way worse. Except just <laughs> black dark. and dark. Jeez. So Howell created a distress signal, yeah. but it was basically a visual signal to anyone that could see it. Because okay. at this time, the Royal Navy would use uh, semaphore code. So uh -huh. it's like the flag-based alphabet that they, oh, yeah. like, ships would use to signal each other. Yeah, yeah. And Morse code wouldn't be invented until like 40 years later in 1840. Okay. So there's no like radio or anything. All you can do is put up a signal and hope people see it. The light House is still working, eh? The lighthouse, well, that, yeah, the lighthouse is, is still that's working. That's not a distressing, that actually says stay away. Yeah, basically. Ironically. Yeah, don't, don't come near here. Yeah. <laughs> turn the lighthouse off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but he's committed to his job. Now, of course. At this point, not only did you take a job that's like completely physically isolated, but at this point in history, it's completely isolated from any kind of communications. Yes. Like you bring a book and you hope someone comes to get you eventually. It's quite the thing. I imagine that they got compensated better um, than, it's probably not Maybe, actually. probably not. I don't think there were too many unions back then. No, no. And honestly, like some of the stuff that we've heard about this point in history, maybe it's nice to get away from... <laughs> The world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please don't send me back there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Some vessels braved the brutal waves once they saw the distress signal, but they couldn't get close enough to land, and they could only really get close enough to see the faint outline of a man standing on the walk wave, waving Waving his arms. (laughs) They assumed everything was fine. Yeah, guys just standing there waving. I guess we're good. Yeah, we're good. They're, They're doing, and the lighthouse is still going, so perfect. For four months... Howell spent every waking and sleeping moment, which I'm assuming are rare at this point, with Griffith's liquefying corpse just outside the window, (laughs) beckoning Howell to join him every time the wind blows. You know he had been talking to this thing for a while. A long time. Yeah. Four months, I'd say one month in. Mm -hmm. You started as a joke, right? Yeah. You're like, how you doing, Griffith? Yeah. And then end of the four months, you're like, what's wrong, man? (laughs) Why where to begin? You seem you seem distant today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole Wilson situation. Yep. When on. Howell was finally rescued, he was emaciated, his hair had turned white, and he was driven to basically what you'd call at the time madness, mm. mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is completely understandable. Fair enough. Being locked in a lighthouse with a corpse for four <laughs> months. Should have just yep. lost that thing in the sea. Murder was... Just an everyday thing. Yeah, basically. Like they yeah. They're probably like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, no, you killed good. him. Yeah, it's I kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. <laughs> uh, but as a testament to how he kept the lighthouse lit the whole time, uh, which on the one hand makes you think commitment to duty. On the other hand, it feels like a job to keep his mind off the fact that there's a corpse waving to him just outside the window. Yeah, just anything not, to do, not to get too punny with the sea, but yeah. any port in a storm. Uh, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I imagine that those floors were like spotless because he probably uh-huh. washed them like, all the time. Time to wash the like, floor. Yeah, I can't. Mm, don't look to yep, the right. Yep. That's where meantime, it is. Meantime, Griffiths is like, you missed the spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so following the Smalls Lighthouse tragedy, a policy was instituted where lighthouses would have to be staffed by three people moving forward. Oh, good. Get in some case, more guys in there. <laughs> in case, well, in case one of them dies, at least you're not stuck True. alone with yeah. the corpse of your colleague. Yeah. Anyway, so many lighthouses still stand today. The significance of navigation is obviously diminished with GPS and other sort of digital means of determining where the shorelines are. Sure. Interestingly, the Soviet Union built a lot of lighthouses that relied on radioactive materials to power the light sources, <laughs> and they were mostly automated, so like nobody was even in them, and I think over time they've been picked apart. Leave it to the Soviets to completely overkill a design with radioactive material. <laughs> like, anyway, we'll get back to Soviet adventures with radioactivity soon enough, if you know what I mean. Oh, really? Yeah. Whatever do you mean? Well, you know, <laughs> there's, been a, there's been one or two snafus. Also, the Smalls Lighthouse tragedy was one of the main inspirations for the 2019 Robert Eggers movie, The Lighthouse, <laughs> which is fucking amazing. It sure is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have nothing else to say about it. I have a note here that says rant about how awesome it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's, what's to say? It's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it already, go see it. If you can, I, it's already out of a lot of cinemas. Yeah. It I wasn't came and ever going to have a long run. But Fuck. It's so good. It's, it's great it's, to see in the theater. It's A24. If you like though, it's the same director as The Witch. Check yeah. it out. If yeah, you yeah, like yeah. movies like Hereditary, Midsummer, The uh, Witch, the Witch yeah. is yeah, anything by A twenty four. Honestly, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a good time. Willem Dafoe, I honestly think he deserves an, an Oscar for it because oh, he yeah. was unrecognizable and he was amazing. I think they both do. Yeah, they're both so, and Robert Pattinson's the other yeah, star, yeah. and they're both amazing. But yeah, Willem Dafoe was like 
oh yeah sat me on the floor couldn't couldn't handle it it was so good yeah. and it was the kind of movie that it's such a it's it's such a slow burn because i watched it and i came out of the theater kind of dumbfounded i don't know if you were the same yeah i just kind of it happens to you and then you're walking out and you're like what, what happened? and i find with every passing day i like it more and more yeah after exactly. seeing it. so many layers just go see it and while you're watching it Keep in mind the Smalls Lighthouse tragedy that inspired it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So, music. I found something on my Spotify playlist that I don't know how it got there, but it was pretty awesome and pretty appropriate. The band, or I guess the artist, his name is Raphael Anton Irisari. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know. Uh, the cellist? I think so. But he's also, he's like a multi-instrumentalist composer from Seattle, Washington. Okay, I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> he kind of does like a post minute. A lot of his music is post-minimalist, whatever that means, quote-unquote. Okay. But like droney kind of right. experimental stuff. The album is called Solastalgia, <laughs> and the song is Kiss All the Pretty Skies Goodbye. Oh, which boy. Which I thought was appropriate. <laughs> but great. it is, it's not like, it sounds like it's going to be a super dark track. It has yeah. some darkness to it, but it's mostly like a soundscape, yeah. which I thought captured this story pretty well. But also, for these Tragedy Tuesdays, it just kind of pitched the music that I've been listening to lately. So yeah. I've been listening to this a lot. It's really good. And honestly, the song title also did it for me. <laughs> That's a pretty great title. I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah. You're probably hearing it right now. You so. you sure are. You know, you're a step ahead of me. Well, there you go. That's my Tragedy Tuesday about the Smalls Lighthouse. Good one. So if you're looking for a job, don't work in a lighthouse. Consider being a wiki. <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for a movie, watch The Lighthouse. Watch The Lighthouse. 2019. There's also a 2016 movie about this. Oh, yeah? Also good from what I've heard. Okay, okay. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, that's a Tragedy Tuesday. If you want to follow us, check us out on social medias at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find our website at www.thisdisasterpod.com. If you like what you hear, tell a friend, tell many friends. In fact, do it right now. Just hit pause, or not even pause. I guarantee the podcast is wrapping up. You're looking at what you're going to listen to next. You're already holding your phone. Just like bring up that messaging app and say, hey, hey friend, check out This Is A Disaster. Mm -hmm. It's a great podcast. you're not podcast. really listening to this part of the podcast anyway. That's true. It's just the outro. But hopefully you are, because I think uh, I, I have faith. <laughs> anyway, we'll I see you no for faith. our next major disaster. Goodbye. Goodbye.